Welcome everybody. This is Trina Gunzel and I'm so excited to have a featured guest today on my podcast First After 40. I would love to introduce you to my dear friend Jessica Broadway. She is one of those people that when we first met I just knew we'd be friends forever. We had so much in common with love for tea parties and helping people and acts of service and I'm so excited to be able to have her on the podcast today to be able to share with you about her new book that came out and some of the cool programs that she's doing and I would love to welcome you to the show, Jessica. Good morning. Good morning, Trina. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here and this is going to be an awesome year. Can you already feel it? It's off to a great start. It is. I am so excited. There has been so much. It's only the 28th day of January and so much has happened already. It's incredible. (laughs) that's how it works too. Once you get those positive things going, it will just continue in this upward spiral. So I'm so excited to be able to encourage you in your journey. And what I love to do for my listeners is we like to get to know a little bit more about the personal side of um, families. And a lot of people are interested. I have a lot of business women and entrepreneurs on Um, my podcast. So they like to know, you know, what's the behind the scenes about the person. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with just some fun, get to know you questions. And the first one is what's your favorite song, Jessica? My favorite song. Oh my goodness. I really just love music. I do. Uh, I was raised in the Michael Bolton area era. So anything (laughs) Michael Bolton, I think would be a good one for me. (laughs) And uh, me too. I, I you love music. And so I don't know that I really have a favorite song. Um, I just love to be inspired. I think words, um, when they're put with that melody, they just create action for you. I just, I love music and songs. So. I love that. Me too. I love that you said Michael Bolton. That's awesome. Me too. Um, Casting Crowns is always my favorite go-to band. My kids know that. Like if it's oh, just yeah. one where I'm looking for some inspiration. Oh, I love them. And I think they're coming to Springfield again this year. I was going to go before COVID. So we have to put a, a music date on our calendar. Yes. That sounds amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, what about sometimes it's hard to pick a favorite, but again, just lets people get to know a little bit more about you. Do you have a favorite movie or like one that you like to watch for inspiration or just for fun? Well, um, I am a Princess Bride fan forever and ever and ever. Um, And that was closely topped by The Greatest Showman when that came out. I think I watched that movie a hundred times. It was just spoke to my soul in so many ways. But as far as like a throwback movie, I just have to always pick Princess Bride. That's so cute. I'm I'm laughing because that's like my husband's favorite movie. And I never really understood that movie because I kept catching it, not from the beginning. And then one day I finally got to watch the whole thing and I'm like, okay, now I get why you like it. He's telling a story. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And then the greatest showman, that's an I'm just smiling because every time I learn more about you, I see we just have more in common. Like my family did the same thing. I think we actually went to see it in the theater because we were on tour out in Vegas. Um for like like 20 times we just love that movie so much and as soon as it came out we bought it it is amazing I feel the same way I have never purchased a soundtrack to a movie ever like it Mm -hmm. I mean I have just not really my thing and we couldn't I mean I saw it in the movie several times and that was the first thing I did was went to 
iTunes and downloaded the soundtrack and we just listened to the soundtrack forever. I mean, it was amazing. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and I know that you have a house full of fun little boys. So do you have a favorite snack? Well, <clears throat> my son loves blue chips, which are actually Doritos. And so we buy lots of blue yeah. chips in our house. Um, but really, I just, I'm not, um, I love salt and vinegar chips. Those are probably my weakness. Um <laughs> any kind of salt and vinegar chips. And I just can't, those are the go-to. I couldn't pass up snack, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's funny because people always picture mm -hmm. authors, you know, with like this glass of wine and like chocolate and sitting and doing all this. And then it's like, well, actually real authors, like sometimes we'll have tea, we'll have water, we have a snack and we're just like chipping away in the early morning hours, especially if we have little ones. So I'm with you. That sounds awesome. All right. So getting to know a little bit more about your book, what first inspired you to write? Okay. So obviously I have a softer spoken voice today and it's funny. You should ask me what inspired me to write because I actually got this feeling um, about five, six years ago. I've always been a storyteller my whole life. I can tell really good stories. I love conversations and I loved like when my bedtime routine <clears throat> when I was younger uh, my dad would come in to tuck us in good night and we would say tell us a story about Jesus and we love to hear him tell stories about Jesus about when he was a kid so I've always had this love of telling stories and how that can take you down a path and so I've used my voice to speak a lot a lot a lot in my life and it's yeah. been my way of creating opportunity for people or sharing um, moments of connection. And about, well, we almost six years ago now, my, I lost my voice when I was pregnant with my third son and I had to end up having some um, surgery to fix that. And it was a whole process, but about six months I could not speak. I couldn't more than a whisper was strenuous for me. And it really switched my my thinking and it showed me the power of writing and it took me out of what my comfort zone was, which was speaking to others into a new place of expressing myself. And that's where I got the calling to tell this story, but in a different way, in a legacy way, in something I could pass on and I could duplicate for others. I love that. I didn't know that part of your story about losing your voice. And yeah, a lot of people, it's like, it, it causes you to dig a little bit deeper and find a way to express yourself. You know, with me, with one of my first books, it was after my son was diagnosed with type one diabetes and I needed a way to express the grief I had that I knew mm. other parents had. And I knew if I could share my story that it would empower families. And now it has like thousands have read that book and they've used camp diabetes to train endocrinologists at St. Louis children's hospital. And you know, the stories on your heart and ways of expression, it's, it's such a beautiful piece of the story and encouraging others to do that too. So, so speaking about that and leading into your book, I know this was a recent one because you're a new author, but what age were you when you first published your first book? So I know you're a seasoned author, so that will mean something different <laughs> to you than it yeah. does to me, um, <clears throat> because I never saw like myself. Third grade was my first published book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was not a, 
I've always thought it would be nice. Like I was a teenager the first time I ever thought, oh, it would be so fun to write a book someday. But I got by on yeah. my ability to just speak well. I was a speaker a long time before I ever considered mm -hmm. myself a published author. I wrote my diaries. Yeah. I wrote things like that. But this, I mean, I had never written a book before this. And I think that's one of the unique things about <clears throat> my journey is that prior to that, I didn't know anything about writing a book, didn't know what it took to become an author. I just wanted to tell stories. Wow. And in eight weeks, I went from knowing nothing about writing a book to publishing a book. That's a big deal. That's how my first one, I finally just decided to do it. Like I wrote for other companies like Scholastic and had other things published. But yeah, when you put that intention, that's what it takes. And some people think, oh, it has to take years. It actually doesn't. And when you're motivated like that, that's how my first one was too. It was eight weeks from idea to go because I had a deadline. I wanted it to come out for Wyatt's actual, mm. like they call it a dia birthday. Yeah. And so it was like the week before Thanksgiving when he was diagnosed. And I wanted to have that for Diabetes Awareness Month. And that's, that's awesome. I commend you because that's why I wanted to invite you on the show because I, I don't have many other guests, but when I, when I see potential in someone and I want to help spread their story um, or their clients in our program, I like to do this as a PR piece because, um, you know, for others to know it's possible. So listeners, if you have a dream on your heart, if you want to publish a book and you've thought about that, but you don't know if it can be a reality for you. Um, Jessica is here and sharing. This was her first book ever, and she did it in eight weeks going the self-published route. So tell the listeners a little bit more, Jessica, about what is your process that you develop then for developing this new book? Well, I, like I said, I've written in my journals, uh, wanted that, I wanted um, a way to share stories that I know, things I noticed and wondered about the world. And I've been a journaler for a long, long time. I started when I was in high school, then took a break for a long time. And then when I became a mother, I, when I was pregnant with my first son, there were things that I wanted to tell him, but obviously he was going to be a baby and he was, <laughs> I was still pregnant. And so I wrote these little letters to him and I wrote notes to him and um, things about my mothering journey. And then when my dad passed away, I found journaling as a way to say exactly how I felt without the judgment. It was a way to be known and to feel like I was telling the truth, even though I wasn't strong enough to say, speak that out loud to other people. And so when I decided to write this book, at first I thought it was about my mothering journey, raising brave hearts. And when I looked back to try to tell that story, um, I really, that's my hope for them. I want to raise brave children and I want to put that out into the world. But when I started to write that book, I realized that I had to tell my own story first. And so I took mm -hmm. all the journals, probably 15 years worth of journals and put them all together. And I started with this mind mapping process of the stories that really made an impact on me. And I got those. And then I picked my reactions in those moments and I put them together to tell these little stories. I wanted to write a book that you could laugh with. You could think deeply. It was thought provoking. It was reflective, but you could pick it up and read it for five minutes, put it down and come back to it. Like you do that best friend you haven't seen in a long time um, that this would weave into your life and that you could take it on a journey with you. So I love that. That's beautiful. 
Well, I love that you speak to the fact that, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm not an author unless I have a published book. But yet we see we've all written stories, you know, throughout our lives. If you've ever journaled, if you've ever written a letter to somebody, you know, it's more than just the school assignments you have to write, but did you choose to write? And so to me, I look at all of those were like little ways to publish and capture stories. And then, you know, someday if you decide you want to share it on a deeper level, um, <clears throat> then people choose to publish a book. So what advice do you have for beginning authors, Jessica? Well, I think it has to start with a conviction within you. Like, <clears throat> don't get so caught up in someone else already saying what you want to say. No one can tell your story the way you can tell your story. Even if we have the same experiences in life, we have those same identifiers, those same life milestones. The way the world occurs to you, the way you notice and wonder about the world, that's unique to you. That's a story. And if you think that way, chances are someone else thinks that way. And they might just be waiting for your story to inspire their story. So it really is like a calling of sorts once you surrender to that process um, and you see that you have value to add to the world and that you're brave enough to stand in that space and tell your story just as it occurs to you without comparing it to someone else's without um, the need to please everyone, just talk and tell your story and do it in a way that, um, you know, you have to, I guess you have to pick something that you see in the world and the way that you see it. So it, it's a hard thing. It, that's why it's hard for people to publish. I think a lot of times is that it's so personal and it's the cause that they take up it really does impact their own lives. And, um, you know, the work that I do as a consultant is helping people be complete with that journey so that they can stand in their mess and they can be their message without the need to overcome and conquer. And, um, you know, we go from then surviving to thriving, really. I love that. That's so true. And a lot of people, you know, they don't publish because they fear judgment you know so many people oh what is someone going to say about this what if they don't put it out there and for ours like helping people own that truth and and that's the thing we help them create so not only do you have your story you know your book almost becomes this like launching piece for the bigger and deeper work you can do and it's so great because once you have a book like that it's such an awesome talking piece for speaking for events just like this you know you got to be on the podcast because now you have a published work and and then people will look and seek you out for your programs and and that's what we love doing as part of that bigger ripple effect in the world is seeing leaders like yourself and seeing that deeper potential and then helping people spread that message literally so it reaches thousands. Um, I really think that's how we lift people up, you know, and not out of fear, but out of what do you have to share? Because other people will say me too, you know, they're going to resonate with that story and message. So I love that you're doing that. And it's my privilege to get to help spread your message. That's awesome, Jessica. Well, and they say, my grandpa always used to say, um, the best thing you can do is lift others up so they can see better. And the best way to share your message is to amplify someone else's. And I love the work that you do and how you come alongside people cheering for them in a genuine, authentic way. Um, you're part of their care team all the way through. And I just love that about you and the work that you do. So I appreciate you too. Thank you, Jessica. That's so sweet. I mean, it is, it's true. I see so many people and they try and you have these dreams and 
I just understand as an entrepreneur, I mean, I grew up in my family where my dad and mom worked together, our family business. And I know what it takes to take your business to the next level, no matter what happens, like with the economy, there are going to be times you're not going to feel like going to work or people get sick or challenges. Like my dad had a horrible tractor accident when I was in eighth grade. I mean, that changed my family's story, you know? So just when you share those hard times and the good times, other people can say, wow, if you made it through those hard things, they know that it's going to be possible for them. So, um, one thing that kind of goes along with that, I'm always, you know, chipping away at different books on the side. And I've been actually gathering data on this hashtag I want to use for years. So I wanted to ask you um, for my own research for a book I'm working on, if you were going to send a hashtag to your younger self, what would it say? <laughs> Today, it would say hashtag <laughs> don't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Only because I think, speaking of first after 40, right? I mean, yeah. we all know how our, our lives change and how our bodies change. And when we're young, that is something we take for granted. We have no awareness of the impact of how, our, how we're <laughs> going to change. And so I just, I mean, that's funny and we're laughing about it, but it's a real thing. Like I would say, oh girl, you don't even want to go down that road. <laughs> but um <laughs> I, I would say, um, on a serious personal note, um, that's not yours hashtag. That's not yours because, um, when we have that people pleaser mentality, we pick up everything, everything we pick up everyone's stuff and we try to mend it and care for it kind of the way we wish we had been cared for or, taken care of in our most vulnerable moments. And, um, you know, that's something that I battled was moving out of that people pleaser place and not in a way that um, didn't care for others, but in a way that cared so much for them, I allowed them the privilege of owning their own stuff and yeah. not picking that up for me to carry with me, but respecting that my journey is my journey, their journey is their journey. Um, so I don't know that's, that's not yours. That would be a good one. <laughs> I, like, I like it. That, that's a good point. And you're right. I mean, I'm with the same thing. It's like, holy cow. I look at how easy it was, you know, whether it was losing weight or anything, you know, when our bodies are maximum full potential. And I know we can get back to that. It's just, yeah, you have a lot of responsibilities as you get older. And I know a lot of our younger listeners look up to this group as a mentoring group as well. And when you're busy with babies and work and family and house, you know, finding that balance of slotting in time. Um, I have a client, she's incredible. Her name's Tiffany Myers and she's a health coach and she is very strict on her health routine. Like for her, it's cool. If, if you were going to schedule a meeting with her and she has her workout time, it's like, she just, that's part of her lifestyle. And she's, you know, a horse riding champion. She's been marathon runner. And, and so <clears throat> to me, I just want people to look at that and, and just understand the things that you make a priority in your life will be a priority. Like I know if I walked every day, I could be any way I want, <laughs> but it's slotting that in. Am I willing to give up a story time with my daughter right now? Or, you know, helping my son with a project or spending time with my husband on a movie. Sometimes I'm not. And so, <laughs> you know, it's just <clears throat> whatever we put our time and intention on, we will directly be creating in our life. So I love that hashtag. Thank you, Jessica, for sharing that. 
You're so welcome. You can laugh at it every time you come back on to it. <laughs> That's right. And I will. We can look at that to each other when we're like, hey, I know that makes a difference. Um, a lot of people wonder, and I have I have friends who are like diehard traditional, you know, publishers, and I have other ones that are self-published diehards. And and for me, I've done both and I have my own experiences with those, but I was interested to hear. Do you recommend self-publishing or traditional publishing and why? Um, well, of course I recommend self-publishing because that's all I've done and I don't know the difference between them. But <clears throat> I will say that as a first-time author, I can't imagine putting this little baby. I mean, I was joking with my mom that um, I was about to give birth to my fourth child. Like that's how intense this whole process was for me and <clears throat> especially the topics that I write about I am a DIY diehard and so it's not yes. that I want to do it for myself all the time but I must learn the process like it is intriguing to me mm -hmm. how things come to be which is often my detriment it does hang me up on taking the next step, the next step, because I do know that I'm very accomplished and capable. It just might take me six months doing it on my own versus six weeks having someone do it for me. And so this intriguing right. process <laughs> of learning and growing, <clears throat> it's definitely a process I wanted to walk through myself on the first go round, but I would be much more willing to hire out portions of it or to work with a publisher down the road um, knowing what it goes into, I know what to look for, but I think as a first time author that there's a, a concern that you won't know what you don't know. Right. And turning over that control to someone else, um, can leave you feeling very vulnerable. So I really enjoyed the self-publishing journey. I learned so much, but if you're not somebody who likes to learn the ins and outs of stuff, definitely seek out someone doing that for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners for this will be people who are interested in becoming authors and wanting to know about um, that journey. One of my clients, Jenny Rainey Edwards, it was pretty cool because she is one of few who got a traditional publishing contract with a very well-known reputable publisher. Um, but the thing is, it took a long time for that book to come out. Usually when you work with traditional publishers, you're, you're about six months to a year out. Um, I have a traditional publisher who wanted to publish one of my books and the timeline was just so far out there. I was like, wow, it's going to be a year. And, you know, I have courses to go along with it. Um, it can also be expensive if you're working with, like, if you do self-assisted publishing, which is a combination with traditional publisher and you do parts yourself, you could be in the range of like six to $10,000, um, self-publishing. That's one of the perks is it doesn't cost anything except you have to look at your time. And so for some people, they're not willing to do the work it takes to learn that process. Um, other people, like I said, my client, Jenny Rainey Edwards, she did the traditional self-publishing first and they even helped her with um, part of her tour. She got her RV rig um, wrapped, you know, so she does bumping down highways and then she's got her program with that. Um, but then she decided to hire me and work with me to help her design her programs because most, uh, most authors realize even if you're a best-selling author, you're not going to be making tons of money off that. We have a couple clients in our 
business group who are best-selling authors on Amazon and they get decent income from that, but it's really off the programs they end up creating. That's like the next level of that book where they really start generating, you know, like consistent 10 key months or more, depending what the course costs. Um, so it was interesting because she wanted to learn that self-published process. So she actually, part of her mentoring program package, I took her through the self-publishing. So I like mentored her and she was so excited because she sent me a picture of her books the other day and they're selling online. She was able to get her book out in six weeks and she has a course that goes with it. And she's so excited because it gave her freedom. She didn't have with her traditional publisher. You know, she had to push them to get her book out in six months and then now they have the rights to her book. So it's interesting. I'm in some writing groups with other authors and they always push the traditional publishing, but a lot of them don't make very much money. You know, they were sharing, they're like, wow, I made 500 for the whole year. And I'm like, wow, I teach you how to create a course. You can sell $2,000 a person, you know? And so they're like, teach me and you can still integrate your book. So I love that you said learning every part of the process because it does this is what I tell people too. When you start your own business, you want to know all the pieces, you know, the sales aspects, the marketing, messaging, your program, because then you can teach someone, you know, if you want to hire a sales team, you need to know what is that process so that they can duplicate it. Um, the competition piece, you know, because so many people are self-publishing now, um, I heard people say, well, it's not as big as a deal as it used to be. It's still a big deal. There's so many people that they have ideas. I'm sure you've met them already and they want to write books, but it takes a certain level of, I would say, stick-to-itiveness, responsibility, and desire to actually make a book happen, whether it's traditional or self-published. So I want to commend you on that effort and encourage you that it's like one step in this amazing journey and you're already seeing all these doors open. So super excited for you. Yeah. And you know, since I have published, you're right. I, as soon as you publish, everyone's like, well, I always wanted to do that. And what I have already found is a new niche for myself in my consulting business, <clears throat> because I had a, a client approach me and she was getting ready to write a book. And she's like, I just want to talk through an idea with you. And she ended up hiring me as a consultant to help her because when I was listening for her voice, um, you know, the author voice there. I said, what do you want your tone to be? Do you want to be, this is what I survived. This is what I overcame. Or do you want to be able to stand in the space and say, this is what I learned. And there's mm -hmm. a difference in your tone when you're complete with your, um, with your journey, right? versus this incompleteness where you're just trying to prove a point, right? You can sound angry when you're writing. And she was like, oh, I never even thought of that before. But helping her find her, <clears throat> excuse me, helping her find her voice was so moving. In three sessions, we did so much work that she is writing her book from a completely different standpoint, very empowered, very convicting. And she's like, I just, I can't, I thank you enough for adding this value and, and showing me the difference between the two voices. So it's been really neat. And that's like a ministry in and of itself for me is to help people find their authentic voice rather than the one they created to deal with the rest of their life. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, that's 
it's a huge piece because people don't even realize sometimes what are the stories they're telling themselves, you know? And right. I love that too. It's like, how do you become the hero in your own story? Because you find a way through some kind of challenging circumstance and then you share it with others. And I've noticed there's a huge need for that because even with traditional publishers, you know, they may talk you through certain aspects, but when it comes down to it, you have to actually create it yourself or work with somebody who's going to help you, um, pull out those stories. And so, yeah, if you love that, that would be a fun, um, another angle to look at, you know, as you're looking how to share that with people, I know that's a need and there aren't very many people doing it. You know, I've done it for a few clients. Um, but it's important because a lot of people, they can think and they can process and they know what they want to say, but some people don't picture themselves as writers or they have all these hangups because of grades they got in school where they couldn't express their voice. It was always to do it for an assignment. So um, that's well, exciting. Usually, I'm glad to hear that. Congratulations. Yeah. And usually the things that we want to write about are the things that come from a place of personal conviction, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> when we're advocating for something or we're taking a stand for a different way of living, it's important that our noise doesn't distract from our message. And that's really mm -hmm. an intentional process, as you well know. Um, so it's just been yeah. really neat to see that that way of offering and consulting with people and how that's growing and mean, being meaningful for, for people in their lives. I'm excited for you. That's really cool, Jessica. And how neat you're going to help more authors come out in the world. So that may be people who can yeah. even connect with you who from this. Um, so another thing people want to know, because, you know, everyone will say, oh, it's great to have books, but what's the best way you found to promote your books? A lot of new authors are interested in that. Well, I do not have a degree in marketing, so um, I just do what I know. Um, I have been a team yeah. builder for a long time, and I know that um, looking at organizations and working with people, nothing will um, spread as quickly as word of mouth advertisement, right? Uh, that engagement piece, yeah. and I know we live in this technology-driven world, so we can get really... Um, a bit, a little lazy, right? Just make a post here, make a post there and hope for the best. But when you enroll people into your process, what I did, <clears throat> um, about, a, actually it was about a couple of weeks. So a good three weeks before the book ever launched, I invited uh -huh. my friends to do some test reading for me. And out of that, we created some testimonials and reviews and we started sharing those. And then I asked all of those that care team really that was part of that process to then share it with others. And so we created a lot of momentum around that, just inviting people to be part of the journey. And that was really unique yes. and not unique. I mean, people get reviews all the time, but when you're part of a cause and you feel like, um, mm -hmm. and that's, I started my book out with that. If you're reading this, you're part of the journey. Thanks for saying yes. Because when you say yes, you encourage someone else's success. And well, you encourage yes. success. So that's your own and other people's. So I wanted this to be a community where we lifted it up together. And so if you were reading it, you could say I was part of that journey um, to have ownership in, in my story, even though it's very different from everyone else's. So it was just really about those connections. And if you have one friend, that's enough. 
right? Because together you make two. Yeah. And if that friend has one friend, then that makes three. And you just keep growing and you invite people to the table and you invite them to be part of your process. And if they believe in it, they will do it. I promise. I love it. I love it. That's awesome because so many people, they miss that part. I'm in um, this writing group with all these other authors and some are traditional publishers. And like one of them, she's been writing for 15 years and she was going to win this award. Um, they couldn't have the event because of COVID. They weren't able to get together in person, but you know, the authors who've enrolled with us have done really well because we teach them the marketing piece. We teach them how to talk and share their story authentically and, you know, encourage community. And a lot of people think they're like, Oh, I'm going to write this book and be the next bestseller. And even if you sign with a traditional publisher, you still have to do your own marketing. You still have to make posts about it. You have to invite people you get on, you know, like, like for me, when we did grandmas are gorgeous was the first in the family um, children's book series. And I remember it was very intentional. I wanted to go back to my hometown in Arizona and have this big community event because again, right. Tons of people there. Right. Um, we had a, I had a custom cake made that matched the book. It was so cute, like bright colors. Cause the book is like, it's grandmas are gorgeous. So it's like bright pink and orange and purple and all these beautiful colors. And they made a custom cake. We had over 80 people show up to the live event and sold out of all the books. It was in the paper. We, we just made it like a big community event, you know, and people miss, like, even if your book came out, you still have to build momentum, you know, and keep that going with like activities. Like we did the JDRF walk for type one diabetes when that book came out and just, you know, giving prizes, like we would do giveaways. And, and like you said, if you have one friend who will share it, my friend in that town was the cake maker, you know, so she did a special thing. She wanted to have it at her venue and it gave her a lot of publicity too. Um, so that's the thing, teaming with someone who would benefit from your stories. Um, just because you're on here in your local, look for it in the fall because Kimberling City has an author's event and um, we were on tour for years, but any year I've been here, whenever I've been able to be part of that in Kimberling City, I always did really well in book sales. Um, a lot of authors miss out if you only take cash because a lot of people didn't carry cash or, but if you, you know, have a square or some kind of way you can take payments, PayPal with credit card, then it will always up your book sales if you're doing in-person events. So just a little tip for any of my listeners who are wanting to sell their books. Um, and like Jessica said, have that community, you know, people who will fiercely fight in your corner for you and share and get the word out because there's a big um, concept people miss, but being referred by someone else is so powerful. You know, it's like when ours, we have the exclusive business sorority you're part of. And when you have a team of people who know you and know what you do, and they can tag you in a post or recommend you to somebody, it's amazing because you get that third party validation and you don't have to do it alone. You know, people already need and want what you have to offer. It's just a matter of getting it in front of their eyes. So right. after a and great start. And I hope you too build that momentum. One thing that I did too, was I did a special day where I did a promotional price for the ebook yeah. and I mm -hmm. did a drawing, like you could win coffee with me, coffee or tea. And I did a, um, so like Starbucks can, does it now where you can do an e-gift card. Um, you just need their email. You can send them a cup of coffee on you or any of those things you yeah. can do. And so I did a drawing a for whoever 
bought the most copies. I did it for like $1.99 and you could gift the ebook to someone who needed a brave heart. And so I had one girl buy 13 copies um, and send them out to all of her friends that day. And that was just so good because to me, yes, obviously we always look as entrepreneurs for ways to um, add to our income and to diversify that. But moreover, it was about the message, right? If it can help that one person create a breakthrough in their lives, I want that out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it was just um, a way to create some momentum and to have fun with it and to encourage others to share, because that's what I want you to do. I want you to share this with other people. I love that. I love that. And that's the thing we're not limited, you know, right now, um, I'm noticing people are actually getting really hungry for and wanting to come to live events like our retreats almost sold out. We're starting to do some mini smaller workshops, but virtually the cool part is, I mean, the reason we took our brand, brand um, global was when you can share and do a, like a webinar or live workshop and training and anybody can come all over the world. Now you're not limited to just your income in one area. And that's the cool part with your book. Like it may be something um, because I know the message behind it that you can do like work at different churches, you know, where they could have you come in and, um, or teaming with hospice, you know, places where you talk about that story and you link with these community organizations that are literally all over the world. It's such a neat way that you don't even have to travel. You know, you can still implement as a, a mom working from home where you've got like an hour and you can do a mini training or show up for these people. And I just love that. And I think people are being more and more open, realizing wow, like I've been a consultant for 20 years, you know, and built multiple businesses over six figures. And it, it's not limited to my location. And that's so nice because people say, oh, just your friends and family. Well, you can get way outside of that box by joining groups, even online or forums where, where your ideal clients would hang out, you know, so that's going to be another way for you to get to come into these groups, um, get on other podcasts, because it helps spread the word. And then you get to link arms with other leaders who have a similar mission to help lift people up. And just like that, you know, just why you're on the show today, I want to encourage your message and help people know about you. So Jessica, can you share your book title and how people can connect with you as we're kind of wrapping up our interview here? Yes. Okay. So it's called a journey to raising brave hearts and you can check out jessicabroadway.com. You can order the book there. If you order through my website, I will sign your copy and mail it to you. If you don't care about a signature and you want it in three days, you can order on Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also connect with me on social media at the Mommy Boss X3 on Facebook and on Instagram. And please feel free to email me, message me, um, check in, get my opinion. I would love to help you create what you wish existed in the world. Um, that's what I stand for. And in order to do that, you need a brave heart. And the journey to that is how I got there and the stories along the way. That's beautiful, Jessica. Thank you so much. And so you've got the website. Again, everybody, make sure to connect with Jessica Broadway. You can find her on her social media. She just shared with jessicabroadway.com. Um, it'll be a book that has an amazing ripple effect in your life. And like I said, just to give you that conviction that this is an incredible person. Not only have we been friends for years, we, we met, I believe it was through MOP. So, you know, um, Moms of Preschoolers, where we were all yes. interested in helping raise our kids. 
Yeah. And my son, just that journey looking ahead, Jessica Wyatt, who you met way back then is um, almost 17, 16 now, officially got his driver's license. He'll be 17 in May. Um, I tell you what, I had to dig deep the other day because it was a, it was a tearful, but a happy moment when my son actually drove off in his truck that he bought, worked and saved for on his own to go to work the other day. And I was like, wow, it's such a like rite of passage, you know, from bringing your baby boy home from the hospital to watching him drive out on his own. And I was just like, you know, take it, take a minute and enjoying it all, but praying for his safety, you know, embrace it. Yes. Yeah. He's got a newfound freedom. And that's, you know, I think with people, these stories, you know, that gives stories for the next generation and he's writing and sharing his own, you know, as a speaker and writer and his message is um, inspiring greatness through creative communication. So he's a pretty cool kid. He does theater and speaking events and authors and kind of following, right. My mini me and footsteps here, but um I love your story. I love your family. And I'm so excited that we were able to have you on the show today. Everybody who's listening to the first after 40 podcast, again, please connect with Jessica Broadway, go to jessicabroadway.com or you can find her on social media. I'll make sure to put the links and everything in the podcast as well. So you can connect and check out her books and programs. So much goodness there to overfill your cups. And if you are interested in writing your own books, reach out to her personally, because that might be another way that she can mentor you. So God bless you all. Any closing last thoughts, Jessica, you want to share with our audience? Trina, thank you so much for having me on. I know we're friends and business partners and just cheering for each other in our own spaces. And our messages do cross and align so well together. And so it's really um, a blessing to me to get to come on here and be inspired and chat and share ideas. And I love what you're creating in the world. Uh, You're an inspiration to so many. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica, your beautiful soul. I look forward to seeing you soon. And everybody who's listening to the show as part of our Stories to Success community or as you are creating your own success story in the world, I want to encourage you to honor your journey. If you can really look for the gift God's giving you in every situation, you will find those blessings. You're going to find your inner strength. And when you share those stories with others, just as Jessica did in her incredible book, you're going to find you're part of this bigger effort to lift up humanity. So I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Jessica, for being a guest on our show today. God bless you, sweet friend. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.